Broadcasting from deep in the heart of North America, five influential podcasters from coast to coast come together to discuss a variety of topics from around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Power Hour! Okay, welcome back to the Coast to Coast Power Outer. Outer. Welcome back to the Coast to Coast Power Hour. Uh, this is Michael Moore. I am the moderator for this episode, and we have four other podcasters beside myself. And today we're going to be talking about our favorite episode. And what we're going to do to start off with is to introduce everybody and let them tell us a little bit about their their podcast, and then we'll talk about their favorite episode. So the, uh, uh, the for the listeners. If you would like to listen to one of these special podcasts that the, that the podcasters are talking about, the links to that will be in the show notes. So just go to the show notes and find, say, for instance, Don Smith's podcast, and you'll be able to listen to what he's talking about uh, here today. So, Don, let's go ahead and start with you. Go ahead and give your name and or give your give your uh, your podcast and tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Uh, my name is Don Smith. I'm out of Dayton, Ohio. Uh, I'm part owner of Wiley's Comedy Club here in Dayton. I've hosted the uh, Life Radio Show for a little over five and a half years now. It started out as uh, just a live uh, weekly radio show on WWSU 106.9 FM. And about three and a half years ago, I decided to put that out as a podcast as well. And I now have, I think, 380 some episodes of the podcast floating around out there and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been quite a ride. I've had guests from anywhere from local comics, local musicians, to uh, folks out in L.A. working out there. Just whoever I can get to come on and, uh, and talk crazy with me for about an hour. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I talked to you on uh, one of my episodes, and it was very interesting. And you're also getting, podcast, getting uh, guests from Steve Joyner, so you're, you're branching yes. out. So you're getting guests from all over the world now. Yeah, I've been working with Steve since uh, last November, I think. So qu quite a while working with him, which which has helped during lockdown because I get all kinds of people that are phoning in, Skyping in, Zooming in anyway, so we're good to go. <laughs> okay, Kim, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Okay, my name's Kim, and I have One Non-Blonde. It's a very new, like it's, I just actually had my one-month anniversary. Woo -woo. Uh, so I, when we're talking about our favorite episodes, it's going to be like, very easy for me because I don't have very many, but I make uh, podcast. I'm out of Clearwater, Florida, so I'm in sunny Florida. So I have a little bit more of that laid back perspective. We do a lot of conversation and uh, just kind of like get to know people. Uh, again, I work with Steve, so I, I've majority of my podcasts so far have been uh, some celebrities and I'm looking to get some more local uh, talent as well as uh, some um, restaurants, things like that in the area. But I wanted people to be able to figure out how to get down to Florida and have a good time. So hoping that people get to meet people as well as understand the, the Florida lifestyle. 
Yeah, your show is pretty laid back. It's more of a conversation type of podcast, right? Yes, everything is very, you know, we're kind of like, Mike, I want it to be like somebody's eavesdropping on two friends having coffee, you know? So I just try to like kind of, you know, even though I'm talking to a celebrity, we don't necessarily talk about the same old questions. I try to, we just start talking about something kind of random. And it ends up being fun, you know, because it's kind of, I take them off guard, but at the same time, we're, it's so easy going that it just becomes, you know, very organic and then we just continue on a conversation. Okay. Um, Andy, Anthony, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, let us know about your podcast? Sounds great. My name's uh, Anthony Bose. I'm the host of the Freaking Awesome podcast and we're out of uh, Kingston, Ontario in Canada. We're uh, relatively new in our infancy, but uh, we've already taken a Canadian podcast award, so we're quite proud of that. And um, we basically have, uh, we're a comedy-based uh, podcast, so uh, my uh, co-host Maddie G and I uh, have guests uh, and celebrities uh, from kind of all over the world, and we uh, look at some humorous news articles from around the world, and uh, we kind of dissect them and have a chat about them, and then we talk with our celebrities and see what they're up to. Andy, why don't you go ahead and let us know about your podcast and then start us off with uh, the topic, which is our favorite uh, podcast episode or guest. Greetings. This is Andy from TNTL Podcast. How's everybody doing? Uh, so I am one half of Try Not to Laugh Podcast, and uh, we are a conversational comedy uh, show that includes, you know, for, uh, friendly banter, some games, some interviews, and, uh, you know, we... You know, the show's released every uh, every Tuesday. Uh, we do about two or three a week. And um, my favorite episode to date has been our episode number 37, which is Try Not to Flee the United States. And it's where we <laughs> talked about, you know, should the virus not get any better? Uh, you know, where would we run off to? So, you know, um, my co-host and I, Brandon, and, um, you know, we, we kind of talked about, do we create our own di dictatorship? And do we just live in our house forever? Uh, do we move to countries like Bolivia or Iceland? And we kind of delve into, you know, the economics of it. And obviously we put a comedic spin on it. But to date, I'd say that's by far my favorite episode. Where did you all decide to go? Uh, ultimately, uh, he ended up creating his own dictatorship where he, he took on a persona very similar to uh, what is it, Kim Jong Un? <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, obviously, the less less murderous. And um, I ended up going to Iceland. Iceland's a beautiful country. That would be a good place to go to. Are, are they not having as much uh, of the coronavirus as other countries? I'm not. I'm not aware. Uh, you know, it was really more about the blonde haired blue eyed women. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, Don. Won't, Don yeah, Don. Why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us about your favorite podcast? You know, I, I'm, I'm digging through. Like I said, I have 380 episodes. I actually had to pull it up and dig through to try to remind myself what some of them are. Uh, and my favorite, my absolute favorite, I can't find the title of. <laughs> so I can't tell you. It's a, it's a big secret. Uh, one of the things on my show is we try to, things just kind of happen organically on my show. I don't like to set a lot of things up. I like the humor to be organic. When I have comics on, I do not want them to do material. In fact, I've almost kicked people off my show for trying to do material because it just, it falls flat. Well, one of the things happened on this particular episode uh, where somebody had mentioned something about, uh, we, we had done a news story about a barn fire in Australia that uh, it was at a, uh, <laughs> it was basically they lost several barrels of bull semen. Ooh. And in a barn fire, yeah, it's tragic. <laughs> <laughs> 
tragic, <laughs> tragic loss. But uh, one of my guests said something about having to replace all that would get tiresome. And I said, well, there's probably an app for that because we had been discussing that, which at which time my producer who was in the studio with us decided to uh, Google search an app for bull semen. And he actually came up with a, uh, there's a, there's a game out there that you can get on your iPhone. You can get on your, uh, on whatever the other one is, <laughs> but it, it, it's called bull family simulator. And we read through just, just the description of the bull family simulator game. I was in tears. We read the, almost the whole thing on the air and it was one of the craziest things I've ever read. And I, it, I was laughing to the point that I could barely breathe. It's like, how do we even do a show at this point? But yeah, that one was one of my absolute favorites. <laughs> oh, well that, that would be wonderful to listen to. Why don't you uh, do some work and dig it up so we can I'm, get the I'm link I'm going to dig it up. I, I'm, I have this up here right now. I'm going to try to find that one. So Kim, let's go ahead and do you since you're, uh, you're available. Um, I know you're new, but uh, go ahead and let us know what you've done so far that's been your proudest moment. Um, well, hmm. well, a lot of pride. I like doing a lot of things. Uh, well, one of my favorites uh, is Neil Perry Gordon. And the reason why is it wasn't because it was like this, woo, like wool semen type of uh, podcast. <laughs> but so I can't, you know, compete with that. But, you know, I love reading and I love his books. And so I was like fangirling like crazy on it because his books are so great. So if you haven't a chance to read his books, they're amazing. So we actually were just talking about like all like the different foods and stuff like that and the different situations that he had in the, you know, in the books. And I was like, so is this real? How did this happen? And so I really enjoyed it because he's a really nice guy. It's really fun to talk to. And then my favorite, as far as the one that's gotten away is uh, Pat Jankowitz. Uh, him and I have actually talked numerous times, but not one time have we recorded because for some reason our he can't get into my zoom or vice versa but we have had the most uh, i wish i could record them because these have been the most hysterical conversations i've ever had in my life with somebody so um hopefully someday we will connect because <laughs> it's like we got to get this on we got to get this on um you know on audio and, and get this out because it was it was hilarious what we were talking about but uh yeah so I, uh, now I know what I have to strive for, which is bull semen, which is okay. Cool. I got this. <laughs> You've set the mark. <laughs> You've set the bar for me, Don. I know I didn't figure this whole thing out. <laughs> my, my apologies. I could have gone with another one, but they're equally crazy. So I love it. I want to be like that. <laughs> so this is great. I got, I got things to, to look up to. You know, because the, the other one, the other one, I do have a title for my second favorite episode, and that's called From Colon to Curly's. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Which again started as a news story, but I'll let somebody else go on. I'm still trying to find my absolute favorite on here. Uh, Anthony, are you with us now? Okay, uh, since he's not answering, I'll. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Perfect. Sorry about that. So, why don't you go ahead and uh, what we're talking about is our uh, favorite episodes that we've done so far. So, it's your turn. Definitely. Um, it actually, you know, it's a really, uh, really hard uh, choice for me because we've got uh, had so many amazing guests on our show. And, um, I, you know, we're, we're quite company based. One of our, I really think one of our favorite guests, though, out of all of them is, um, stuntman, uh, Jeff Scabell. Uh, he does a lot of the, um, you know, DC stunts and, uh, Sons for the Boys and, uh, a lot of movies, including, uh, the television series, 12 Monkeys. 
and uh, he's got an amazing sense of humor and he's absolutely uh, just a, a riot to, to have on the show. So he's super funny. Uh, he rolls with pretty much any of the, the articles. I actually find it really funny that uh, that uh, Kim doesn't come across a lot of articles because uh, Florida is like our our fishing ground. For Florida the man, I know. <laughs> Trust me, Florida man. <laughs> it's true. It's amazing uh, what people can do with, uh, you know, a, a ton of meth down there. So, uh, you know, we, <laughs> we um, yeah, Jeff Skivel is, is probably our all-time favorite, but um, uh, singer Biff Naked might be our, our close second. Okay. Uh, let me go ahead and since I, I didn't tell about my podcast, I'll do that and give my favorite. My podcast is In a City Like Yours, which is a true storytelling podcast where I ask my guests to come on and tell a story or relate a story of a time in their life that uh, something happened to them which changed them in some significant way. And then the second uh, uh, podcast I do is Scott, Scott H. Silverman's Happy Hour. And it is a, a podcast about addiction and recovery where we discuss ways to deal with addiction and recovery. Uh, my favorite episode deals with Scott. I talked to him back in September of 2019, and he related his story of being uh, sober for 30 years. And he talked about what happened to him before he finally decided to become sober and, and go through the process of cleaning his act up. And he's been, like I say, he's been sober for, for over 30 years. So he's done a really good job. And he's an expert at what he does now, which is he works in the treatment uh, and recovery aspect of clinical kind of side of it. So uh, that that one is my favorite because it it's a great story. He really tells us everything about his life and, and where he went wrong and how badly it got. I mean, even to the point of he almost jumped out of a window and that was probably his wake-up call where he realized that, you know, I came this close to death. I need to do something about it. So uh, when, we, uh, when we talked about that, uh, I decided later on that together the two of us would could probably do a podcast on our own, which became Scotty Silverman's Happy Hour. Okay, Kim, let's see. We're going to talk about now uh, the coronavirus and the governor's reopening the states and what how that has affected us or what we've seen. And Kim, you've got an interesting interesting job. So why don't you start us off with, with about what your job is and, and what you've seen so far. Okay, so I work during the day at a church. And uh, so it's already, I've already been an essential worker from the beginning. I um, actually, when uh, this whole thing came down, we we got a letter that we carried with us whenever, if, just in case, because you know, the, here's the government's shutting down. And so they're saying, oh, you can't be out, which that really was a kind of a joke. Because Florida is a very laid back kind of area. But um, so I, we're starting to open the churches again, because we had, not had them open for a while, which is very rare because I work for a Catholic church. And um, so we were opening. So last week we started and it's been kind of interesting. You know, we do have those who um, don't get the social distancing. I mean, I, there's this one guy, I love him dearly. He's the nicest guy in the world, but he is just like in your bubble. So he's already in your bubble anyways, but he's like, in your bubble now with the six foot thing and they don't want to wear masks because they kind of are like, Oh, I'm in a house of God. God's not going to have that happen. But you know, the reality is we don't know where or when you can get something. So I just think people need to be a little more, um, I guess conscious that, it's, you know, we have to, no matter where we are. And I think that's the thing. Sometimes I, I hate to say this because it sounds horrible, but sometimes people who are the most ultra religious are the most thick headed when it comes to common sense. And you have to use common sense 
And so that's where I feel like I'm having an issue with it because people aren't using their, their comments, you know, the things, the brains that God gave us, you know, you're saying God is going to be there for me. Well, then God also gave you a brain to say, I got to be a little bit more, you know, thinking about not only my safety, but other people's safety. Because a lot of times I have a lot of older people who are like, well, I'm old. Oh, well, but they don't think about, I'm not that old that you know so you know they're not thinking about the possibility of it's like well thank i get it i don't care but they're not caring about other people getting it yeah that's really that that to me is is kind of irritating the the thought that uh my freedoms you know dictate that i do not have to wear a mask uh but you know it's it's a it's the aspect of possibly making someone else ill and uh versus you know you're wearing the mask to protect yourself but you're also protecting those around you uh, yeah. So, you know, it's just crazy for me to, to see that. And uh, I've, I don't get out a lot. I, so most of the, the things I've seen are, have been on TV and it's been kind of shocking. The Florida beaches and the crowding and uh, the swimming parties with, at, at the pool where, you know, people are just on top of each other. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh, my gosh, we're going to have a huge relapse and, and have to close the country down again. Well, most of the people who come here, it's like we... It's like a, for Florida, it's either people who are older and just, they're older and they're just like, like you said, my civil liberties. I mean, these are the coolest hippies, you know, now they're in the seventies. They're like, I'm going to, you know, stand my ground, you know, civil disobedience. Um, but they're not, like I said, that's why they're, that's where they are. And then you have the college kids who are, or people who are traveling here who are on vacation and they're trying to escape it from other cities or other states so that they don't, they think Florida is like, a free a vacation land. And so that's why most of the people on the beach aren't people from here. No one really goes to the beach yet. Um, but, you know, but I have to say for us in the church, we are taking every precaution. Like we're like, we have to like clean everything. So like in between, anytime anybody comes in, we're disinfecting everything. So it's taking us extra time and stuff like that, which we're doing for their safety. But it's like, sometimes it's like the common courtesy of like, give us something back by just using, you know, to put a put a, put a, put a mask on, please. You know, that's all we're asking. Do we can't offer, force them. Do you we offer, offer them. Mm-hmm. But we can't force anybody. Like oh. if you came into mass, I couldn't tell you, you have to, or you have to go home. So, and then we're only keeping it at 50% capacity. We're actually keeping it at more like 40%, 35% because we want to make sure there's ample, you know, social distancing. How about, uh, you, you said you do a lot of cleaning now. Do y'all have crews that come in and do that or they're there full time or? Have yeah, you we have maintenance to- people. We have to, they're coming in. So in like next weekend, I'm going to probably go and help with some stuff too, because it's like really, really small staff. So, you know, it's just us. So we just got to do it. Okay. Um, Anybody else want to pipe in and talk about their experience? Well, I, I'm a uh, essential employee as well. I work in the maintenance field in uh, healthcare. So I have several uh, healthcare facilities that I maintain. I do electrical work, plumbing, HVAC, all that. So, I mean, I've, I've been out among everything throughout the whole time. So, yeah, I, I was out today. We're just starting to starting to open back up in Ohio, and I was out today, and I really can't see anybody wearing a mask. And I do just because I'm out in hospitals and healthcare facilities, so I don't know if I've picked it up. And I'm not I'm not symptomatic, so I'm going to cover myself to try to help other people out. And that's 
yeah, there are a lot of people out there that will actually still give you weird looks if you're wearing a, a mask. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, not a whole lot has changed. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with Don. Um, you know, in my experience, I've I've been out and about ever since this whole thing started. Uh, whether it's going to work and going to the supermarket, I mean, I'm I'm seeing masks, you know, where it's needed. So I'm in New York, and it's mandatory to wear one in order to enter a store or make a purchase. So I'll wear one because I feel like it's just the right thing to do for other people. I'm honestly right. not too concerned for myself. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I've probably already had it, but you know, I've just, cause I've been around just so many people, but other than that, I mean, you know, going back to what Kim said, you know, I think it's, uh, it's interesting how, you know, so many people are going to, to church or temple or the mosque or whatever. And, you know, just thinking that it's fine because I'm in a house of worship, you know, it's, uh, it reminds me of the, the story of the drowning man where the guy's stuck on his roof and mm-hmm. there's a huge flood, you know, and the God, God sends the, the rowboat, the motorboat and the helicopter and he turns them all away because of his faith and you know when he goes up to, gets up to heaven he's like god how could you do this to me and he's like what are you talking about i sent you a rowboat a motorboat and a helicopter so it's uh it's kind of that mentality you know i think that you have to be able to separate your you know your faith from what's really happening i think they're two very different things no i agree i mean that's just it and like sometimes for me it's like you you can't how can i argue you can't talk to somebody who doesn't want to listen that you know that way so and then they get like i had somebody oh my gosh nicest lady in the world but she got irritated with me because i told her she couldn't like she wanted to do something and and she wanted to like invite 100 this is before we would open she wanted to invite like 100 people to something i'm like you can't you know father says you can have you can go and do something and you can bring a couple people to do something you know clean the church or whatever you know but she's like she's like said i can't choose so i'm just going to send it out to everybody on our list which is like 150 people like you can't do that because you may have 150 people show up and she got irritated and she's like well you're just because you like to follow rules doesn't mean i'm like following you know i'm following safety i'm thinking of and you know it's like you know so you know when i do things i have to say things like um your safety and uh, other people so um sorry i mean is she also going to encourage them to walk there across the highway you know just, i just i, I yeah i know yeah with your rules I know it's like rules. I, it's like it was just so bizarre because she really got irritated with me and she's the nicest lady but i get people are stir crazy and i get people are just like you know, wanting something normal. And that's what she said to me. She goes, well, I just want something normal. I said, well, right now there's no normal. Do you not think that we all want something normal, but we can't do that right now? Because if we don't follow now, it's going to take longer for us to get to somewhat of a normal, you know? Yeah, that's one of the reasons, of course, the comedy club's closed down right now. And I'm waiting to reopen that. We're not 100% sure when that's going to happen, but that's one of the things. I mean, we may not be able to. We might get a second wave of this and have to shut everything down before I'm even able to reopen the club. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's craziness. Incidentally, speaking of craziness, I found the episode title. Oh, great. <laughs> it's it's the life. the The episode is number two six two, titled "Guttural Whining and Bull Simulations," <laughs> which is a fantastic episode with my good friend, uh, p- pianist uh, Amy James, uh, comedian Kevin Rupert, and maker of fine beard oils, uh, Raymond Witzel. <laughs> That's great. So, Anthony, it. are you there? I sure am. Why don't you tell us about Canada and how that's going? 
Uh, things are going pretty good up here in Canada. I mean, everybody's been pretty respectful of the seven-foot rule and uh, and wearing masks. Now, some people, I think, are going a little over the top uh, wearing a mask while driving alone in their car. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I read a, a meme earlier today that uh, that was the reason why the instructions were made for Pop-Tarts, for people like that. But, yeah. um, you know, uh, I think it's actually quite funny considering they just recently posted that... Uh, you don't get a lot of oxygen through somebody's mask, so you really shouldn't be wearing it well, um, you know, driving a, a vehicle. But some people still up here seem to be doing it and taking it very seriously. I'm guilty uh, for it, that. I, I, I tend to, if I'm going somewhere where I have to wear, wear a mask, I'll put it on before I leave and just leave it on in the car. Uh, oh, but, okay. but yes, and I, I'm driving along thinking, you know, people probably think I'm nuts. But, you know, <laughs> in, less, in less than three minutes, I'm going to be at a store that I have to pick up my groceries and I don't want to be, you know, having to. You know, fiddle with the mask when I get there. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather take it off because of the beard. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I yeah, have the same exactly, problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a couple of videos where people actually turn their beards into the masks. So uh, depending on how much length you've got going there, it could work out. Oh, I, I could definitely do it. I just have to have, I'd have trouble seeing through it. It'd be a full face mask. <laughs> so is Canada considered open now or is it still still in quarantine? No, we're, we're still pretty much locked down here. Uh, you know, you get uh, the very, uh, very few places uh, allow the, uh, you know, the lineup of, of people into grocery stores. Uh, for the most part, though, everybody's doing uh, quite well and, and uh, holding it together considering they've been able to, like a lot of the restaurants transfer over their, their uh, businesses through, uh, you know, skip the dishes and a lot of the delivery services. So they're still able to move. Uh, their products and um, other than that uh, I think the only thing that's really suffering up here is some of the uh, retail stores uh, because uh, you know not every other, not all of them were prepared to uh, to do uh, online e-commerce so well we had dinner tonight from Outback Steakhouse that my sister ordered from us she lives in uh, Arkansas and uh, she called in and ordered our our meal and came to the door and, and we had our dinner uh, the only thing we had to do there was be sure and after we transferred our food to our plate was to wash our hands and microwave the plate for i think they said the uh, re requirement is at least 30 seconds to kill any you know if there's a virus on your food uh, but but from what i understand the the virus is only respiratory based uh you can't get it from eating something so it's not you can't get it that way but uh or, or if you touch something that has the virus on it then you touch your your face your eyes or something like that you might be able to get it that way but uh, they, they say majority of the cases, it's, it's respiratory. Well worth the risk for a blooming onion. Oh, oh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's what we had last week. Yeah, we had that last Friday. So, no, that's good, though. But I think that it's important that people just kind of just use common sense again, like I said. But it's, it's interesting because with uh, Florida, it's never... It never closes. If Florida's, it's like you said, Florida, Florida man all the time. Um, but it's 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 um it's been a it's been interesting to see because a lot of people want to go to the beach, and they get upset about that, and they're letting people go on the beach now. So yeah, it's it's been interesting to see uh, where I have to say though accidents were down, and now that as soon as they said phase one, the, like the first day there was like I got I went to work and I I experienced watching five different accidents. You know, get, you know getting pulled you know stopped because there was an accident like every it's only a 30 minute drive and it had five accidents that i witnessed but before that when it was like a little slower no one was was out i could go to work and not have to worry about any accidents now what what part of florida i live in clearwater which is in the tampa bay area 
Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I work in Gulfport, which is on the beach. I, I, I lived in West Palm Beach for about a year and a half, and I will say uh, I-95, there's an accident like every three feet usually. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, West Palm Beach is on the Atlantic side, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And then Kim's on the, the Gulf side. I'm on the Gulf side, yeah. yeah. I'm closer to Michael. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you've got the the white sand beaches, which are just awesome yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter, she, uh, she went to school in Daytona. So we used to do the, well, the I four corridor and then nine, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a nightmare. <laughs> well, maybe some of these people are having wrecks or passing out because of the mask. I what I'm thinking, you know, oh my gosh. So like, you know, so, so you, you spend a lot of money on these masks. So I have to say, I wish I could sew. Uh, because I'm telling you, people are making a small fortune off of people. Because like my my sister, she spent fifty dollars on these masks for Disney masks thing, and they're just like it's just a piece of cloth. You know, like it doesn't even anything detached. It it's just like you just use it like a bandana. And she's like, I think I got ripped off. I'm like, uh, yeah, I think you did. You know. <laughs> But I mean, people are just going crazy because, and especially women, I don't know about you guys, but women, we, we'd like to coordinate our masks, with our outfits. So it's not so tacky, but you know, it's, yeah, I don't, I can't sew. So it doesn't matter to me. So, well, but, I, I share a home with my mother and she sews. So she, oh, so I, I, I found, I found a pattern on the internet that I thought I'd, I'd like. It's not just the, the folded type mask, but one that's more form fitting. Mm -hmm. And she made me one out of denim and also, and left a, a pocket in it so I could put uh, either coffee filters or I bought some what, what they call shop towels. They're like blue towels, but they're really thick. And uh -huh. so I, I've been using those as kind of a filter, uh, and that's kind of worked pretty good. But um, Can you breathe? Yeah. yeah, I can. So, you know, that's I don't wear it for very long. You know, normally yeah. I just get out to go pick up groceries at the curbside, uh, pick up at Walmart or Brookshire's. And I wear it just in case I get close to somebody during that. And I didn't even connect the dots. I, I was thinking to myself, the guy really likes coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> my little tea bag. I got, I got to be able to drink my coffee through my, my mask. My Splenda. <laughs> yeah, I got some guitar picks in there and a couple dollars. They're used coffee filters, so we can just smell it all day. I just love the smell of coffee. I got, you know, I was like... Okay, I got my, I got my fix. Okay, I'm good to go. <laughs> well, you know, at first people were putting HEPA filters in their masks, yeah. but that has fiberglass in it. Yeah, that's not good. I read that's bad for you. You don't want to be breathing yeah. fiberglass. No, I think this is worse than the coronavirus. Yeah. The, the problem I have with with the beard being so long is I just look silly in a mask. So I, I just tell people that I actually have the hair sewed onto the mask itself. <laughs> yeah. I tried I tried a bandana, but I only have a red one and a blue one, and I don't want to piss off any gangs. You know? No, no. I, I, I know it'd be the wrong one, whichever one. I would. <laughs> you just need to cut a little hole in the bottom and let the beard come out through the bottom. Yeah. Right. That that would work. That would yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. Creepy. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. I, so I need to have somebody sew me one that the beard just sits down in a pocket. That Ooh, way, it, that way it, just, it looks like I'm wearing a feed bag all day. Yeah, like a comb. <laughs> we could like do like a little cone thing and you'd be that yeah, there you go. Hey, we're starting a, our own business right here. We, okay, mom, your mom, Michael, needs to start sewing these things. I know it. <laughs> there is there is this, there is an untapped bearded market out there. <laughs> 
You got it. Yeah. That's what we need. Like the ZZ <laughs> Top one, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Not to mention that beard mask would be great for uh, football seasons. So uh, anybody who just wants to chuck some Doritos in there while they're watching the big game. They don't even have to use their hands anymore. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not just for the bearded. Anybody can use it as a feed bag. And contraband, like, because if you ever go to the games, you, you have, they're like, you can't bring anything in without, you know, so now you have contraband place. You can say, it's my mask, it's my mask. <laughs> you hide all kinds oh, I, of food I was thinking you were talking weed, because they definitely smell that coming in. Oh, yeah, they <laughs> smell that. I'm talking about food. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense then. Okay, yeah. Okay, I'm like, <laughs> Well, well, on our first episode uh, that we did for Coast to Coast Power Hour, we talked about toilet paper and the rationing of of things like that. Is anybody still seeing that the toilet paper is not available or other things that have been rationed? And and what do you think about the people who like bought up as much of the the hand sanitizer that they could to resell it on Amazon for an inflated plot price? Uh, is that something still going on that you, that you see? Uh, that, the the people that bought the stuff like that to sell at an inflated price, they should have all that alcohol-filled hand sanitizer like pumped into their veins somewhere. That's really, because that's just kind of rude. Uh, the only thing I'm seeing, I was in the store today actually, and the toilet paper's on the shelf, but hand soap. Hand soap is still, uh, they're still cleaning the shelves of hand soap and hand sanitizer. I found one little trick is that if you go into like a CVS or Walgreens, instead of going to where they sell the normal soap, they have the uh, the big pump ones by the shampoo. Oh, there okay, you go. Yeah. 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 It's kind of just like an odd place to, to look for it because it's not where your mind goes. But uh, when I went to my CVS, uh, you know, I looked near by the soap and, you know, like all the soap bars and stuff like that. There was very, very few of those. Um, so when I kept walking, once I got down to like the shampoo and conditioner, all of a sudden I started noticing these massive bottles of soaps. But like, I guess they separate them because it's the pump kind. Uh, my I, like that. I find that oh. the best way to sanitize things is just good old fire. So, uh, you know, just grab yourself uh, <laughs> WD-40 in a lighter, and I'm sure uh, you'll be fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can sanitize a lot of things. Yeah. Well, I was fortunate rubbing to get... alcohol in your hands, light them on fire. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. I, I was fortunate to get hand sanitizer early on. I, I paid $58 for 23 bottles of, this, of small bottles of hand sanitizer. Like how small? Are we talking well, like... Well, they're about um, six ounces, I guess. So well, they're not, not they're not real small, uh, and, and, and they go pretty 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 uh, far because you only take you only need about a dime's worth of you know hand sanitizer when you're doing that. Um, so I, I have that, and I bought uh, a ca- not a case, but a, a nine pack of di- uh, Dial antibacterial soap. So I've got that, so I'm good there. It's just a toilet paper that I you know I've never been able to find because I do I will still to this time day I will not go into a store. If I can't get it on at curbside, I'm just, you know, I'm not going to go in and look for it. And yeah, they, I, I haven't noticed as big an issue with the toilet paper anymore. Now, I, I'm kind of a weird person anyway, so I have a lot of this stuff, like, stored yeah, already. Me too. So I, I've never had to worry about toilet paper or soap or any of it. Because I always, I think before all this happened, I just bought another 24-pack of toilet paper because I don't, I don't want, like, running out of things. So I always try to keep stuff around so when this happened it's like oh i'm good <laughs> yeah yeah um, you know, taking a, a just a quick second to talk about this hand sanitizer thing it, it wasn't that long ago did we actually hear reports saying that people are using too much hand sanitizer which is actually causing people to be sick 
Yes. Frequently. Yeah. Yes. So now we're in a, a pandemic where everybody's got to be firing san- hand sanitizer onto their hands. Like, what are the long-term repercussions for this now? Yeah, I agree. Because I remember that. And then also kids get sick and they can get like, um, like alcohol poisoning. So it's not, and actually anybody, I mean, like, it's not good for you. I'm thinking we're killing a lot of good bacteria too by over, over killing what we think we're killing. So, um, yeah. And then now it's like, it's pure alcohol. If, I don't know about you guys, but if you bought anything lately, there's not a scent to it. There's not any kind of like, um, lotion. It's just pure alcohol. So we're just pouring alcohol on our hands. So the reason behind that is because we're, we're getting more breweries who are actually making the, uh, the hand sanitizer. Yeah. So. That's interesting you said something about good bacteria. I, I do plumbing as one of the things I do, and all these people that use all the antibacteria soap over and over again, they don't realize that bacteria helps keep the drains clean. Mm-hmm. So this antibacterial soap goes down there, and it just sits and builds up to where it clogs that drain, and it's you about have to replace a lot of that pipe because it's impossible to get that soap out of there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it takes a while, but again, some of the buildings I'm in, of course, that's all they use is antibacterial soap, and those uh, that's that stuff tends to gel down inside those drains. It turns black, and it's pretty disgusting. And you have to go in there and plunge it for an hour to get any anything moving. <laughs> well, I remember when we were kids, uh, you know, antibacterial soap or even the hand sanitizer was just not a thing. And uh, we got into all kinds of stuff and had no problems. And then didn't get sick as other than, you know, the kind of the normal, get a cold every once in a while and things like that. But today, people are so anal about it. They carry hand sanitizer, just before the, the coronavirus, but they would carry hand sanitizer and their kids would have to, every time they came in from a building or came in from somewhere, they'd have to sanitize their hands. And it, like Kim said, it's, you know, really getting rid of, rid of the good bacteria. Yeah, I think we forget. I think we're getting to the point now where we're so, I don't know, we become so obsessed with this that we forget that our bodies do need, you know, and, and I think we, most of us already had, like you said, Corona. We've There's some form of coronavirus we've all been exposed to, whether, you know, it's this particular strain or not, we've all been exposed to something or other. I mean, I live in flipping Florida. I go to Disney, you know, I... Right before everything happened, I was I was already traveling. This year alone, before the shutdown, I was in D.C., I was in Boston, I was in New Hampshire, I was in Maine, I went to Disney. You tell me I haven't been exposed to something, but I haven't gotten sick once, thank you, Lord. Thank God, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, I think we all kind of have to remind ourselves that if we get to the point where we just lock ourselves up, we're, that's not going to help us either, I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm just being too. Maybe I'm being too civil disobedient with all these old people. No, kidding. <laughs> I'm hanging out with the old people too much. <laughs> Anthony, what, what's it like in Canada with rationing and so forth? Do you guys have any problems with toilet paper and hand sanitizer? Well, originally, uh, I got to tell you, it was looking really grim. Uh, people were hoarding pretty, uh, pretty quickly. Uh, we we literally got down to our last roll when I was finally able to. Uh, to score some toilet paper and I was really panicking when I got a house full of women and uh, it was uh, it was a little frightening but uh, I was actually walking through a Walmart a couple days ago and uh, it's like mountains of toilet paper and uh, I think I actually read something recently where there was a few ladies who had stockpiled and hoarded a lot of this toilet paper and hand sanitizer now they're trying to sell it and nobody's buying no 
<laughs> I'll so, tell you. I hope you had to use a lot of that yourself. When this first happened, I will never forget. I um, I went to a bath and oh, I shouldn't say the name. A, a store <laughs> sells nice bath products. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And there was like. I was looking for hand sanitizer because I'm a foo-foo girl. I like the smell nice. So there was like none on the shelves, and but there was like a stack, like a big stash behind the counter. And I said something to the girl, I'm like, oh, I just need to get a couple of bottles. And she just looked at me and she's like, I don't have any. And I'm kind of like looking at her like, um, what's behind there? She goes, oh, those aren't for sale. And so <laughs> I was feeling a little not too happy about it. So I sent it, actually I sent it, um, email to the corporation and I actually got a $15 gift card and they apologize. But it was like, you know, just either don't put it out or, you know, just don't, you know, I guess they were hoarding it off for their employees. And that's not, I mean, that's, I mean, I guess everybody has a, a right to do that, but I guess I also have to look at like my son, when this first thing happened, my son's a meat cutter at a store here in the area. And he was doing pre like every day when this first thing happened, he's like, mom, I'm, I'm cutting enough meat, like pre Christmas, pre Thanksgiving, you know, product. It's like constant. It was like 30 some thousand dollars of meat in one day. I mean, it was like constantly, constantly, constantly. And he would walk out of the, of the back and to get something for food and there wouldn't be any left. That's how fast the food was going off the shelves originally. And um, so I'm thinking, well, you know, people, should be a little, you know, if they're going to have to get something, I don't have a problem with them hoarding or not say hoarding, but getting an opportunity to have something, but don't put it out in public. Just put it aside and don't let people see it because then that kind of gives a bad taste in people's mouths. Yeah, they are rationing meat now. I think they're, the limit is like two things of, of hamburger meat and two things of chicken. But um, yeah, that, that's just something they've recently did. They didn't do that at first. But now with all the, the plants closing, the, the process of the meat, I think they're mostly starting to reopen now, but for a while there, they were all having to close because there were so many employees getting ill. Uh, so they had to start rationing meat products. Yeah, it's just getting, it's, yeah, it's getting harder and harder. But I think, you know, he's hopefully, you know, keep, if we all just kind of not hoard and just work together, I think it's going to help people. It's like, if you take what you need and that's all you do, then it should be fine. And if everybody's the same thing, we shouldn't have shortages, but there's people who don't do that. There's a fantastic movie out there. I think it's on Netflix. It's called The Platform. It's a great way of actually kind of putting everything into into a realization or into small boxes where you look at uh, it's a massive, for the, for the lack of a better word, it's a prison. But, uh, and, and there's two people on each level. And a big platform comes from the top and, and slowly lowers. And it's got food enough for everybody. But if you were just to take what you need, everybody would survive. But if not, then people obviously starve and uh, it was kind of a, a big eye opener of like the, the world is like that right now with so many people who are just going crazy and grabbing all the products instead of like just share it so every there won't be any craziness yeah absolutely i like i said I, I stay prepared and keep a lot of stuff on hand anyway but i have had several people reach out to me who were immune compromised when this thing started that couldn't get to the store and get stuff i mean i've dropped off several rolls of toilet paper that I had in my stock to people that needed it. I and mean, I don't have a problem doing that. No, I, I agree. Cause my, my mom was a, my mom was a depression era baby. And so my, my mom was like, if she didn't have like stacks of like things like that in reserve, not like 
you know, like boxes and boxes, but she would always right. have to have a, and so my sister and I, we've come and my, you know, cause my sister was with me and my husband as well. We, we kind of have that mentality that we're always like, if we are down to like four rolls, we'll get their back pack. So we've been okay. But that's just it because I, I'm like you, Don. But then I also like tonight. My daughter came over and she goes, "I didn't go to the store yet." So she took a, you know, she took a pack of toilet paper with her. But right. that's just it. I mean, I, I give it to people. I've given it actually to other people who said I, they couldn't find any because I have it, you know. And I'm just gonna trust that I'll find what I need because it's what we're supposed to do: find what we need. Yeah. We have a, a local tattooist uh, who had to close his shop because of the the whole deal with. Uh, you know, when they first closed dentists and doctors and things like that. So he had to close his shop and he just turned his shop into a kind of a warehouse for people to come by and pick up full of paper, dog food, uh, bottled water and all kinds of stuff. And people would, what they would do, they would go to the store and they would get a couple extra, uh, maybe toilet paper or something. And then they would just deliver the extra to his shop and he would give it away free to the elderly and people who are uh, sick and all. And uh, so he's been, uh, you know, on the news quite a bit because of his efforts. And I just thought that was really cool that he did that. Uh, you know, when he is not making any money, uh, because the shop is closed and, uh, he's, he's of course not charging anybody for the products. And he even went out and was buying products himself, uh, and, and adding to his stock uh, there. So, you know, that's just, it's seeing people come together like that is really heartwarming. I think. I actually yeah. saw one of the most interesting things and it's such a good idea. Uh, this tattoo artist, was online he's on instagram and so in order to make money now because his shop is closed what he did was he puts up a design and allows people to bid on it for x amount of time so let's say from 3 p.m to 4 p.m on tuesday you can log on and then bid on this tattoo and then the highest bidder gets the tattoo they pay for it in advance and you know knowing that he's going to be able to open again in the near future they'll set a date for when they can get it but that's his way of making money in the short term by making those reservations that's a good idea that's cool yeah yeah i know like when um my birthday was last month and so we got takeout and it was kind of funny because when we're talking about dinner and takeout and toilet paper so the guy he's like he could see so on his menu he's got his takeout menus and he says and if you need any and it's what he did he's like he had all this extra soap and stuff that and he wasn't charging a lot he was like a roll of toilet paper was like a dollar or, you know, if you needed a bottle of soap. But I thought it was kind of cool. You know, he had all this supply and he can't open his restaurant. So, you know, he's selling like rolls of toilet paper for a dollar. At least he's like, he knows people need it. And he's not gouging because obviously a dollar for a roll of toilet paper is not expensive at all if you think about right. it. So if you're really cool. about some, some companies that are thinking of some ingenious ideas, we actually just uh, had an article on our show uh, where there is a local strip club who, who can't, of course, stay open. So they've got the, the girls delivering food or, or, or like uh, fast food and stuff like that. And oh, out at the kind of like the sock hop where they're out, where the, uh, they deliver it to the cars. I think I read about that. Uh, yeah, well, this this is where they actually deliver it to your doorstep and, oh, and okay. like a show to to boot. But you know, I I had a it was really funny, and uh, the actual they had originally come up with the name. It was called Boobers Eat instead of, <laughs> <laughs> and um, they it was like uh, Meals on Heels, and uh, it, it I thought that was the most ingenious way to keep uh, income happening, and uh, I, I, it was a real good laugh. Well, yeah. Don, didn't, didn't we talk about uh, when you interviewed me? We talked about a. Um, 
a, a strip club that had a curbside service, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the one I was thinking of. That you know, because they they would actually walk it out to the car like the old sock hops, and they should have been on roller skates. I think that would have been that much better. But see, I th I thought about doing the same thing with comedians at the comedy club and just have them deliver food, but nobody wants to give a comedian their address. No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> it's a bad idea. It's scary. It's a little scary. Just a little. <laughs> so, yeah. So, with um, back to, like, there's stuff we're talking about. Disney is thinking about opening. So, that's interesting. A strip uh, club? No, just Disney's <laughs> opening. Which is, like, again, back to the magical. <laughs> just think of the magic moments. But, no, I, I mean, uh, so, yeah, I was just thinking about the strip club. It's like, there's a six foot now. So in Canada, it's a seven foot social distancing. No, it's still six foot up here as well. Oh, okay. Which is at seven. I was like, wow, I got an extra foot there. So I'm thinking, how would the strip club, you know, would you have to like put, like, get like go to those poles, like one of those, like, um, the ones you use to cut the palm trees to put your dollar bills in to stick in the girl's G string <laughs> or something? I'm just trying to figure out how would a stripper be able to make her. I don't think the, the tipping was uh, explained how that happened, but uh, <laughs> there, is, there yeah. was a $30 delivery charge. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, has, has, has anybody had to handle Just money? Change <laughs> has, it, has anybody dealt with handling money? I've been handling money to. at work. Yeah. Uh, well, I, don't, um... I don't have any, so. Because <laughs> <laughs> it gave it all to the stripper. Chris. Exactly. I folded it into paper airplanes and flew it over to him. Most of the office staff at my job, they're working from home. So uh, the customer service people up front that would have typically dealt with the customers face-to-face, -face, it just somehow became part of my responsibility. So they'll come around to the side door and knock, and then I'll come and handle the money for them. So it's, I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. I'm not going to bother putting gloves on every single time someone comes there, but I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll Purell afterwards, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't. When I first start, because I work in, like I said, the church office, so people will come in and bring their envelopes in, or they'll bring in, like, they want to buy a mask or something like that. So when it first, first started, I was like, somebody would come in and I would, like, spray the money and everything with the Lysol and then those, or douse it. Like, it was like giving, like, an exorcism. But now I'm not, like, I'm with you. I just kind of Perel, Perel real well afterwards. And unless you know, somebody's coming in and coughing and hacking along, then I'll just, if somebody's doing that, then I just leave it sit for a while and, and spray it. And you hit it with some holy water. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right now we hear about the the company that, or I think it was a restaurant manager who uh, had taken in, I think it was five hundred dollars, and decided to put it in the microwave. Ooh, <laughs> not a good idea. <laughs> it's funny, guy. I think it was it was a Canadian restaurant or something like that, and because our money's plastic, it just <laughs> oh, no. long. Oh, no. That's crazy. Oh, so Canadian money is plastic, huh? That's interesting. Yeah, we don't uh, chop down trees for our money anymore. We just uh, make sure that it's uh, it's pretty impervious to almost everything except for a microwave. Don't you get your milk in a bag too? Yeah, it's true. Uh, doesn't America have uh, bread in a can as well? No. That's meat. <laughs> oh no, there, there's bread. It's brown bread. <laughs> I actually just saw it and I'm like, who who creates this weird brown bread in a can? That's a strange. So. How does that work? Milk in a bag? Is there? Is it like a, a little faucet thing that, like, like when you get a wine, like in, a wine box? in a bag? Yeah. Oh, no, I wish it'd make it easier to pour. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, you get uh, three 
three bags into a, and I think it's like actually like a one and a quarter liter or something like that, because it's supposed to make up four liters out of three bags. And um, you uh, get a little container, you drop it in, and then you just snip the corner off and pour it in. So you think of your own container. It's a different world. Yeah, it's a different. It's a different style of container that actually holds this bag. And uh, the beautiful thing is, you don't get that disgusting, milky, moldy, gross thing that that comes in the cartons. You know, like when you those things used to fold over and they're exposed to air, and you did like that weird dry oh, yeah. on the edge. It's, you don't have to worry about that anymore. No crust on your milk bags. That's. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost back to the bull season. <laughs> Just about. I held it as long as I possibly could. <laughs> Yep. Okay. When I you like have me around, crust. when you have me around, it's it, I, I'm I'm one of those women who will just like splurt something out that maybe is not appropriate. But so I was kind of like one of the guys. So yeah, I, I was right in the bull scene as soon as he said crusty milk. I'm like, okay, I'm going right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually really funny, Don. We had the uh, the the bull, bull semen on our our show as well, and uh, I think what it was is there was. Uh, because these the, the the semen was stored in canisters, what happened when the, the place caught fire? The canisters were exploding and oh yeah, yeah. powering bull semen everywhere. <laughs> I, I believe I did make a comment about bull cocky. I think is what I called it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I had to be careful because I was on FM radio. <laughs> yeah, you be careful. <laughs> Just well, how does one get the semen in my eye to, to, to <laughs> can? I wouldn't have that job. <laughs> I mean, is, there, is it, is it <laughs> masturbating bulls or? You know, oh yeah, yeah. Are they I, I'm assuming. I don't know. I, I guess there. Everybody has their own method, but I would think it has to do like some kind of like like a like a massage thing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just the, like, Anthony, when you covered that story, did you look up the the app and find the bull family family simulator? No. <laughs> you didn't take that extra step. <laughs> no, no. I think uh, once we uh, we we cracked enough jokes about it uh, and, and yeah. made our guest feel super uncomfortable, we were. It was a good time to probably cancel that part. <laughs> my, my guests were right in right in into it. They were fine. They were <laughs> actually. It wasn't so much that. I think uh, my co-host made a really fun uh, funny joke about that and, and something about an uncle and. Uh, got <laughs> really serious and really dark really quick <laughs> so andy you, you live in new york city or, or is that right i'm in long island yeah I'm, I'm right outside the city yeah and so it's still under quarantine and uh what is what is it like for you there i mean is it uh have you gotten used to it or is it still pretty rough um i mean i i guess it, it takes a little getting used to you know there's there's some stuff that I've noticed that normally you wouldn't see on a, on a typical day in Long Island. Um, there's times where I'll be driving to work on the Long Island Expressway. And, you know, for me to see, say, a hearse uh, mm. and actually notice one on the way to work is, I mean, that's maybe once a week, if that. And uh, about a month or two ago, when things were really, really heavy here, um, I was driving and, you know, I noticed one and I didn't think much of it. And then I noticed another one a few minutes later and I was like, oh, that's weird. Two in one day. And by the third one, I was like, okay, this is really weird. And I started keeping count and I counted seven on my way to work. Oh, goodness. And I thought that, I mean, I, you know, obviously that put a damper on my day, but <laughs> it was, um, it's just weird things like that, that, uh, that kind of, it's like a, it's just a sad reminder of what's really happening out there. And you don't see a lot of it, you know, cause you don't, you try to avoid it when you're at home, you try to distract yourself and not think about it. Um, but 
other than that, you know, it's really just been more of an inconvenience, you know, and not to downplay the severity of it, but just, you know, on a, on a personal level, you know, not being able to go to certain stores. Uh, I gave myself a ridiculous haircut. Um, you know, it's, I guess it's stuff like that. But for the most part, the, the two counties that are on Long Island, there's Nassau County and Suffolk. I mean, that's really the red zone for pretty much all of the United States. Uh, we are the most affected. And it's, it's also because it's so concentrated here. You know, so everyone basically just lives on top of each other. So if you look at our numbers and in the city compared to the rest of the country, I mean, it's pretty much most states combined uh, and it's all happening, you know, within an hour of where I am. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it was a little scary. Um, I'm more fearful, obviously, for, you know, older relatives or uh, relatives just in poor health. Um, but for, for myself, you know, I've just kind of been going out doing my normal thing because otherwise uh i feel like i would just go crazy like i can't i can't live in fear like that do you live in a high rise no so i'm i'm in uh i'm in a house so the town i'm in we're on the north shore of long island um you know if you get off the long island expressway and head north about 20 minutes so i'm pretty much on the water facing the long island sound um so you know for me, it's, it's basically just suburban living. It's not like living in the city. Yeah, I was wondering how that worked with uh, people being so close together in a, in a, in a high-rise or something, that, you know, in New York. Yeah, like my parents, for example, they live in a huge complex. And, I mean, there's literally hundreds of apartments in their building. So there, I guess people are being very, very cautious. And, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of incidents in, in their building or just in... Um, that whole complex where, you know, they'll, they'll see ambulances on a very regular basis, you know, either coming to treat people or take people away. And it's because everyone's just in such close proximity. You know, you're literally like your neighbor sneezes and you hear it. Yeah. And riding an elevator, that, that, that's not something yeah. I've had to do, but I, I'd be, I think I'd be terrified to get on an elevator with somebody else. <laughs> yeah. My parents have been taking the stairs. Luckily they're only on the fifth floor, but there's 23 uh, levels in their building. So I would hate to be stuck all the way on top and have to go to the store for milk. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we've done 58 minutes, so I think it's time to close out. Uh, would everybody like to go ahead and tell us once again where you're calling from and uh, maybe mention your podcast, and we'll, we'll, we'll end the show. So why don't we start off with Don? All right. I'm Don Smith out of Dayton, Ohio. Uh, host the uh, Life Radio Show on WWSU 106.9 FM. You can find a lot of links at thelife1069.com. Uh, follow us, check us out. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Okay, Kim. Uh, my name is Kim Pachinski, and I am the host of One Non Blonde. And um, I'm like I said, I'm brand new, so I'm on Podbean right now. And Michael's helping me get out further than that, so uh, out of Clearwater, Florida. So. Hoping to expand it out even further. Okay, Andy. And uh, I'm Andy. I'm one half of TNTL Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TNTL Podcast. And uh, new episodes every Tuesday. Uh, what else were we talking about? I guess that's it. Okay, Anthony. I'm Anthony Bowles, and I'm one half of uh, the Freaking Awesome Podcast. My uh, co-host, Maddie G, and I uh, have a comedy um podcast uh we're based out of kingston ontario and uh our new episodes are released every wednesday okay and i'm michael glenn moore i've got uh in a city like yours podcast and scott h silverman's happy hour uh i personally am based out of shreveport louisiana and scott is in san diego 
uh, everybody, thanks for uh, gathering today and making this such a good show. And uh, I'll never think of bull semen in the same way. <laughs> I never knew you thought of it before. <laughs> yeah, if ever I thought, yes. Oh, now yeah. we know what Michael thinks about. <laughs> <laughs> Happy dreams of bull semen at night, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, all right. So we'll we'll end the show now. Uh, everybody, everybody, say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>